Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space, add Buzzsprout, and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of Barefooting with Sierra. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed my good friend John Brennan about all those Bernie memes and living in the U.S. as a non-citizen. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts. Novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I will give you updates on what I am working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. I'm in full-blown editing mode on my Red 72 finale, Red 72 Revelation. I'm hoping to really buckle down and go through the entire book to make revisions as recommended by my editor by the end of next week. I'm also still working on first-round edits of my Jessica Hensley crime novel, Title Still Pending. Having multiple projects helps me stay productive while giving my brain a rest from thinking about the same thing over and over. In novel news today, Keene New Hampshire's Public Library is hosting a virtual author visit on February 10th with three romance novel authors. The event will run from 7 to 8 p.m. local time. Sarah Morgenthaler will discuss her novel Enjoy the View. Anne-Marie Walker will present Happy Singles Day. And Zio Axelrod will give a sneak peek of her novel, The Girl with the Stars in Her Eyes, ahead of its April release. You can register for the event at the link in the show notes. The American Library Association held their annual conference online instead of in Indianapolis as originally planned. This year's award winners feature a wide range of diverse writers and characters. This is especially important because libraries have limited budgets and typically select the award winners for purchase in order to meet the reading needs of the most people. You can see the full list of award winners and honorable mentions at the link in the show notes. Now on to comics. No new comic today. I hit an inspiration block that I just couldn't get through. It happens sometimes, and try as I might, I just couldn't force anything to come out today. In comics news, Talisha Bujold Abu, an artist from Windsor, Ontario, won a $1,000 bursary from Conundrum Press to develop a mini-comic. Her comic will explore the politics of black and biracial hair. In an interview with CBC Radio's Windsor Morning, she said, It's allowing me the space to kind of grow and create within a new facet of my artistic process, as well as kind of stating to Windsor, or Ontario overall, that we are building and creating space for more black and indigenous creators where there has not been space before. I'm building a space to see myself reflected in the world around me, and by extension, I'm hoping that other black people of color that experience higher politics will feel represented. And in that same way, 
hold space for indigenous creators to also talk about this work in future iterations. Bujold Abu has a Master's of Fine Arts from the University of Windsor. Dark Horse Comics announced a standalone miniseries entitled God of War Fallen God. It is set in the timeline between God of War 3 and God of War 2018. The new series was created by Chris Robertson, with line art by Tony Parker, coloring by Dan Jackson, lettering by John Rochelle, and cover art by Dave Raposa. The first issue is currently available for pre-order and is scheduled for a March 10th release. Alright, next up is journalism. I'm at a point in my true crime book where I'm waiting on court transcripts before I can go any further with writing, and because of COVID, who knows how long that'll be, so I'm kind of stuck with writing. That's okay, though, because it's letting me focus on my fiction. Every day in February, I'm going to highlight one influential Black history figure. Today's Black History Month highlight is Blanche Kelso Bruce, the first African American to serve a full term in the U.S. Senate. Bruce was born on the 1st of March, 1841, to Polly Bruce, an enslaved woman who was impregnated by Pettus Perkinson, who owned the plantation where she was a domestic slave. His father treated him relatively well, allowing him to attend school with his white half-brother, and later legally freed him so he could apprentice as a printer. Bruce attended Oberlin College. In 1864, he relocated to Hannibal, Missouri, and established a school for black children. During the Reconstruction, he moved to Bolivar, Mississippi, and purchased a Delta plantation. He edited a local newspaper and held various county positions. In February 1874, he was elected to the U.S. Senate. On the 14th of February 1879, he presided over the Senate, becoming the first African-American and only former slave to do so. Bruce died of complications of diabetes on the 17th of March, 1898. Now on to today's interview. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Hey guys, my name is John. Uh, I live in Ontario, California, and uh, Sierra and I go way back to high school in Florida. I actually uh, was born and raised in Cancun, Mexico. Um, my parents are European, and they had lived in Houston, Texas for a little while. They decided to go on a trip through Mexico after my dad got laid off, and they loved it there so much that they decided to stay. Uh, then I was born, grew up there till I was 10, speaking English and Spanish, and after that I moved to Florida, specifically Jacksonville, and then I went to middle and high school where I met Sierra, and we did a crew. We were rowing there for a few years. Uh, then after that, I moved to Orlando, went to college, um, subsequently went to China to teach English for a few years, uh, and then moved back to the U.S., lived in Washington for a couple years, and now I'm in California. And uh, I did, le- I learned some Mandarin Chinese as well while I was living in China, so. Awesome, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, I'm, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I'm a big gamer boy you know i spend a lot of time on the computer probably a little bit more than i should you know not not big on uh exercise or or big social uh gatherings unless i know everybody and uh yeah but i have a good time good stuff um, so I'm currently in quarantine. I'm okay, but they, they take oh, yes. things really seriously here. 
Um, how are COVID restrictions in your area? So from what I understand, it's kind of a mixed bag, honestly. Um, in terms of uh, restaurants and sort of like public spaces, everyone is fairly good about wearing a mask in terms of like, well, I guess that's not private uh, public spaces, but private spaces that are open to the public, right? Those seem fairly good in terms of mask wearing and stuff like that. But from what I've seen in public areas, a lot of people don't wear masks or um, I did actually work at a different uh, place a little bit ago. That was a hotel in a sort of more rundown area of this side of town. And most people didn't wear masks coming into the hotel. Uh, most people didn't social distance. They were just living their lives as if nothing were going on, really. There were a few people here and there that did, but uh, that was like a big risk for me working at that job. So I'm gl- really glad that I found my current job where everyone takes everything very seriously. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, I, I think I haven't really run into any police interaction of enforcement of mask wearing so i couldn't say exactly i know that there is a lockdown that was put in place uh where businesses can't exceed 20 percent capacity um and there were a few other restrictions put in place but it's like well how much are they enforcing it and a lot of people i know are pissed off because the uh i believe it's the la mayor gavin or Gavin Newsom. Ah, I should know this, <laughs> but the uh, he he was caught at this uh, restaurant with like a bunch of his friends. It's called French Laundry or something like that, where they weren't social distancing; they were just eating together. And so, a lot of people are pissed off about that, and they sort of think like, "Oh, well, if he's not going to wear a mask and social distance, then I'm not going to do it either." You know, lots of lots of. Uh special people out there (laughs) yeah how have you been managing to stay Uh, healthy so far with um all those special people around you yeah so i mean i just do my best to stay at home honestly i've been ordering a lot more uh instacart and a lot more doordash which can lead in lead to some uh quickly accruing bills but uh other than that yeah i just keep some uh hand sanitizer in the car keep some fresh masks in there, you know, go out, get what I need, come back home, wash my hands, etc. Um, so far I've managed to avoid, you know, any direct exposures, which is good. I've been tested twice. Um, last time I was tested was right after our company went, uh, work from home entirely. Um, and then other than that, I just don't go out much. Best way to do it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on those who refuse to comply with the health orders? It's a mixed, there's a mix of opinions that I have. Um, I think that a lot of people do it sort of out of ignorance and having a carefree attitude to things, which I think is irresponsible. And then there are others who really have this direct sort of irrational uh, antagonism towards authority, 
where they don't apply that antagonism uh, on an even basis, right? Like, so for example, the whole idea of when you see people in videos that are in a store where not wearing a mask and people start telling them like, Hey, you need to wear a mask. And they're, Oh, I thought this was America. You know, it's like, well, Hey, you know, in America, in a private business, you have to wear clothes, right? And you have to wear shoes. And if you don't do that, they'll probably (laughs) kick you out, right? (laughs) You seemed fine with those restrictions for the longest time. But, oh, suddenly they're asking you to wear one additional piece of body covering. But that, no, you won't abide that. So I think it's just very (laughs) Oh, right, right. That's, ooh, I stepped on some toes there. No, it's, (laughs) most of them don't actually care. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, just, I made a really there, terrible. Pun there are there. a few. There are a few, but yeah, if it's their rule, then it's their rule, and you have to follow it or don't right. shop there. Yeah. What What's your uh, What's your way to to deal with that? Do you just not shop there, or do you? Uh... I either put shoes on or don't shop there. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Like, it's as simple as that. It's their private business. They're allowed to make those rules. It's only when they make something up and say it's a health code thing, which it's not, that I'm just mm. like, you're, you're being stupid. That's not a thing. But with a lot of the mask restrictions right now, they have turned them into public health ordinances. Mm-hmm. So that's not pulling things out of an orifice. <laughs> right. It's, that has scientific basis. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Um, I've noticed a lot of the anti-maskers tend to have a certain political leaning, shall we say? Oh, um, oh yes, of course. <laughs> um, Although there, if... there is a little bit of crossover. I won't. A little, deny. yeah. Some of them are are like very like liberal. <laughs> don't don't step on my rights. The, this right. is my my. Well, see, you get you get stuff. a little you get a little pinch from the uh, the libertarian crowd. Yeah. Well, a, a fairly a fairly heavier pinch from the libertarian crowd, and then you get a tiny little like pinch from the Bernie crowd. I won't lie. There's some like the the more like wooey kind of hippy dippy people. You know, they they'll the type of people that go f- reach for the crystals and stuff like that a lot of times are not too fond of science, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, speaking of Bernie, uh, what do you think of all the Bernie memes lately? Oh, I love the Bernie mittens memes. I saw one with Bernie in the mittens. He's like choking a dude out on the UFC (laughs) mat. Those are great. Those are amazing. I actually saw some people. It's, it's really I don't understand these people how, how they think. It's a I think it's a subreddit called Enough Bernie Spam or something like that, or Enough Sanders Spam. Enough Sanders Spam, and they just were going off like, I can't believe they're turning this inauguration into something about Bernie. You know why can't he just get out of the public sphere? This white man, old man, like so yeah, and. Uh, they uh, they're like, oh, this is this is really more about Kamala being the first woman vice president, and like, sh- okay, yeah, sure, I understand. That's a it's a very good milestone, but the the sort of like identity politics for identity politics' sake and and direct hatred of Bernie Sanders, who's like the most lovable you know, old man who cares about everyone. It's just mind-blowing how some of these people interpreted the situation. 
<laughs> yeah, there have some been some people that's like, enough, stop making it about him. But I don't know. I love it. Um, my favorite one that I've been seeing around like the rowing group up here in Edmonton, because I, I coached for the Edmonton Rowing Club. So I'm like oh, friends nice. with all of them on Facebook. So one of them posted Bernie in the cox seat and he's coxing an eight. Yes, <laughs> like, I love it. Dude, I love that. <laughs> That's so good. I could also see it like if you were in a uh, in a single, like a just holding <laughs> yes, the just oars, right? Crossed over it. Yes, that could work. <laughs> <laughs> Would be amazing. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to get your reaction to this post by Birdie Hall on Instagram regarding how Bernie's kind of blown up lately. Okay. So. Says, I seriously hope this image goes down in history as one of the most endearing, sad, and brilliant photos of a man who, wearing the same jacket he always wears and mittens knitted by a Vermont school teacher, acknowledges his position as a public servant and not a celebrity entertainer decked out in exorbitant performance costume. He's wearing the same cheap, ugly blue surgical mask we all have to wear. He seems to understand how absurd and disconnected pop grandiosity can be in the midst of a pandemic where most of the population doesn't have $400 or health insurance or money to stay safely home. He's still sitting strong in true moral solidarity with the working class and all disenfranchised people of this country. Long live brother Bernie Sanders. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, I really do think that's a true uh, reading of what's going on there. I think that Bernie Sanders is not one for, frills is not one for uh bsing you know he doesn't uh overstate his own uh his own goals or his own uh place in the whole uh, political landscape he's simply a person who's been in office for a long time and he believes in working within the system to change things and I can certainly respect his ability to build political capital and use that political capital effectively. We may not be happy with how quickly he's been able to use it or how much change he's been able to make in the system up till now. But that's just the nature of the American political system. You know, you're, you're not going to have a revolution of policy overnight. And unluckily... You're going to have Republicans coming in every once in a while and re-pilfering out all of those things that we did. Um, and yeah, certainly that's a problem. I even think that he gets so much uh, attack even from the far left, which I would consider myself pretty far left. Um, I'm not, I would say I'm further left than Bernie Sanders in some respects, Um and I understand maybe the frustration of wanting, you know, more socialist leaning policies or like trying to transition more into or into uh, worker owned businesses and things like that. Right. Uh, but the there's like hatred from those people towards Bernie because he is buddy buddy with Joe Biden and he's buddy buddy with um you know, other members of the Senate because he's been working with them for so long. But I think that Bernie is doing things the way he knows how to do them. He's already been working at that for decades, you know, and I think that he's a very noble soul. He doesn't try to 
make himself wealthy off of it. He's really just a public servant in almost the truest sense of the word. Well, and you have to work within the system that you have. Certainly. You can't just burn it down and start over from nothing. Yeah, and he's been the, he has turned so many people further left over since 2015, you know, in only five years. There's been a huge resurgence of uh, left-leaning thought in the United States. For sure. How do you think Biden is doing so far as president? Better than I expected. Um, Honestly, I've been kind of like, so I haven't been fully scrutinizing everything he's been doing. Um, I do want to be very, uh, I I don't know if I would say aggressive, but I would say like, I want to be vigilant of what Biden is doing because it's an opportunity to uh, call out uh, the neoliberalism that he represents, right? So I would like to, in conversation with other people who lean Democrat, I would like to say, look, you know, Biden's certainly better than Trump. We can all agree on that, right? But he's still this neoliberal uh, corporatist kind of guy, right? And he still is um, looking for uh, foreign policy conflicts that we might get ourselves entrenched in, and he still supports Israel in their uh, in their encroachment upon Palestinian lands, which may be a controversial topic to some. But I think we should have, you know, a peaceful resolution to that situation instead of continued encroachment upon other people's land, etc. And those kind of things where I just want to point out, look. This kind of neoliberal politician who rides the line is basically almost a centrist with some socially progressive uh, flourishes, let's say. This is not the solution that we need. The solution that we need is someone closer to Bernie Sanders, someone who wants to really enact a lot of social welfare policies and policies that allow American workers to unionize, to collectively bargain for their own uh, benefit, you know, and then I would take it further and say to own their workplaces, to own the means of production. But the it can be a good tool to uh, point out to liberals that they should probably move a little further left. Whereas maybe the conventional wisdom would be of some, of, at least of some left-leaning people, it's like, oh yeah, just let Trump win, let him burn it to the ground, then we'll start a revolution. It's like that's too short-sighted. You're you're thinking like, do you really think we're gonna re- win the revolution? If if there were a revolution, and you pit leftists against the fascists, who do you think is gonna win? I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be the leftists. Sad to say. Yeah. Because. They seem to not have morals, (laughs) unfortunately. Yeah. Um, So you and I were both born outside of the United States. Both of your parents born abroad. I have one parent who not born in the United States. Uh, I got citizenship when I was five. You're not a citizen. I get a lot of people telling me that I need to just keep quiet about U.S. politics because I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not from the U.S. How do you 
respond to people saying things like that, that, you know, our ideas are un-American and that we should not have an opinion about American politics. That's pretty funny to me. I think honestly, uh, nobody really ever says that to me because I live in the United States and they just assume because I'm white that I'm an American citizen and that, of course, (laughs) and because of my accent, I guess. Right. So they just assume. So, uh, I'd like to preface a little bit by just saying like, in terms of getting my own uh, citizenship, uh, it was something that when I was in my younger years, uh, I was ashamed to try to call myself an American because in 2000, I saw the way Bush was elected and I saw all the aftermath of that. And I was, you know, I was sad about 9-11. I thought it was terrible, but I didn't think that the Iraq war was the, was the solution to that. And I didn't think that uh, any of the, the following uh, mass murder of civilians was a, a great time and a great reason to be proud to be an American. And so I really pushed back against that, uh, that uh, wanting to be an American citizen for a really long time. And then it kind of just was forgotten for a time. And more recently I have been, thinking that I really probably should try to get my American citizenship. Um, I think I'm going to do it this, this year, but your question was more about what do, what do I think uh, when people say that you shouldn't talk about American politics as a non-citizen? I think that's absurd. I think that the United States is the most powerful country in the world. Even if you don't live close to the United States, U S policy affects your country you the u.s is in i believe over a thousand bases across the world i don't know the number but there are u.s military bases all over the world the u.s is a major player and will be trying to affect policy in every other country that they see fit so why would you not involve yourself in the politics of that country that might affect yours. And for us, especially, you know, you live on the, on the border, not on the border, but you know, one border away from the United States. I live within the United States. U S policy affects me every day. You know, I'm still, you know, paying taxes. My taxes go towards all these policies that I don't agree with. Um, And you are right next door. All the trade policies that occur here affect you. A lot of the uh, oil drilling policies and uh, all of those things are tightly knit between the US, Canada, and Mexico even. You know, the, that's what the NAFTA and then the quote unquote USMCA are all about, you know? So it's, it's very, very silly that people think that you shouldn't concern yourself with the u.s political landscape anyway yeah well (laughs) i like that you brought up the oil because the keystone xl stuff Mm -hmm. is going on a lot of people up here in canada are pretty upset about that um the premier of alberta which is the province i live in kind of like the equivalent of a governor um sent kind of a a threatening letter to Biden being like, how Mm. dare you cancel that without consulting me? Which, um, like, that would be like if 
you know, like some some MP in in the UK like tried to send the president like how dare you not send a shipping route over here? It's like what what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. But yeah, it's it's all intertwined and being aware of other countries issues and their government especially a country that borders yours and especially because i'm a citizen of both countries for me it's absolutely like i i vote in u.s elections um but yeah it's it's important (laughs) even even if none of that were the case like i i should be educated on the politics of every country in the world honestly we all should you know, especially as a U.S. citizen or as a resident of the U.S. or even Canada, you should know what sort of things are affecting the countries that you trade with, what sort of things are affecting, you know, because we have such a globalized world at this point. We're trading with all these different countries. We are changing the ways in which their uh, labor is formed and if we were to know, oh, this country has these labor practices, my clothes were made in Malaysia. Oh, look, let's see what the labor laws are like in Malaysia. Oh, that's really bad. I should probably pay more attention to this. It's it's all connected at this point. There's no reason not to. For sure. Yeah, we definitely we definitely need to be aware and there's no excuse not to be. Yeah. Um, so where do you think the United States needs to go from here to heal from all of the just division and pain that it's gone through. It's really difficult, honestly. Um, I don't like the the unity rhetoric from Joe Biden. It seems to be very milk toast, very like, oh yeah, Republicans, it's okay. Come come back to the table. We'll we'll be nice. Like mm. at a certain point, you have to just say like all right, you tried, you did some pretty awful stuff. Stay back. We're going to do stuff. If it really does bad things to you, fine, speak up. If it really affects you negatively, speak up. I think that's good, you know. But I don't like the unity rhetoric. It always seems like a cop-out. I think that uh, there's been a exceptionally criminal attempt at... Uh, at pushing through those right-leaning policies, those, you know, anti-immigrant, xenophobic, uh, even like internally racist, transphobic, and so on policies that I think, you know, I think Joe Biden's doing a decent job at uh, removing those things, perhaps, or not all of them, but a decent number of them when he first came in. But I think that, a real unity requires a whole paradigm shift. It requires people to hold the same reality again. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't see the QAnoners. I don't see the flat earthers, the, the, the pizza gate, the, all these massive conspiracy <laughs> nut job ideologies. I don't see these people returning to normalcy to returning to reality anytime soon. And it's just, what do you do with people like that? Who, who they, for all intents and purposes are like mentally ill. 
but not like but like worse than like your average person with mental illness like it's like they have brain worms you know <laughs> how do you get rid of brain worms without like lobotomizing yeah i don't know, you know? i don't know I, so the only way i see forward is to enact good policy for good policy's sake and hope that some of them start to see like oh hey my life's getting better like whoa <laughs> Is this oh is this what they wanted the whole time? Cool. Wow, cool. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's honestly that's the best thing I've got. We can hope. Yeah. Got to hold the politicians accountable. And there's so much yeah, there's so much conspiracy theory about oh, Joe Biden's a communist, like uh communist China is in control, you know. these people don't understand people don't understand what communism is don't understand what socialism is it's like uh there's another subreddit called uh conservatives threatening us with a good time oh i've seen that one yes yeah and it's like (laughs) the the good these all these memes that they make that are like talking about joe biden being a communist and kamala harris being communist and you know enacting all these crazy policies or there's a great one that's like uh what's the one it's like with aoc and the squad and it's like all these absurd things on this list of things that they want to pass and well absurd to the fox news viewers anyway and and then you read it and you're like dang that sounds pretty based (laughs) yeah it's like whoa i wish (laughs) yeah like i wish they were try to get all of that passed right away anyway yeah that's kind of how i feel about it yeah that's that's one of my favorite subreddits it's it always gives me a giggle <laughs> definitely oh well so it's did been you great ha- do you have a, a different uh perspective to like how we get through this or is that about um, where you're at as well i i think we really need to to hold politicians accountable who are doing awful things like a lot of i think a lot of the a lot of the capital riot i think was stirred up by so many of the congress people saying that the election was invalid yes and those people need to be held accountable people died agreed like that's that's not okay and no one has faced consequences out of anyone that was in congress yeah like i i watched all of them through their electoral votes debates and over and over they're like oh well these are invalid votes and there was voter fraud over and over in courts they disproved this there was maybe like three fraudulent votes like there's a few it happens but not anywhere near enough to make the entire election invalid and like that it's, yeah. it's just ridiculous to keep claiming this when it's been proven in court over and over again to be false without evidence just stop because you're riling up these yeah. people who are out of touch with reality to the point that they are dangerous yeah i really think disinformation should be criminalized in some way it's hard to say because you know free speech and everything like i'm for free speech but it boy it's basically borders on incitement you know yeah because you're pushing this false narrative over and over and over again that 
eventually it leads to the logical conclusion in your brain is there's no nothing other than a, a, some kind of you know violent attack or some kind of in, uh, insurrection to get this to stop if yeah. you believe in it yeah you know, and it is illegal to incite riots so yes yeah, there needs to be consequences so yeah like uh, ted cruz and uh, lynn wood and uh, rudy giuliani and trump you know yeah. all those fools yeah definitely need to see something in court well we'll see i guess i don't don't bet on um, it I'm I'm currently preoccupied. My I, I'm a registered voter in Utah, and that state government is currently trying to pass a no permit concealed carry law. So anyone can just conceal carry a gun. So I'm I'm kind of preoccupied with that right now, trying to stop that. But I don't know how I feel about that. I've been turned a bit more pro Second Amendment over time, um, but I don't yeah I don't know what the implications. I would have to like read up some kind of scientific study to show like what are the effects of having a uh having that policy you know if that leads to higher gun deaths then i'd probably be against it right now the current law is you have to be 21 and you have to undergo a like a mental health screening Fair enough to get the permit so but i'm uh i'm one of the, the people who who wants the uh community community-based armories so it'd be more like you wouldn't just have a gun in your home but like if there was ever the need to go and defend yourself from a threat you would have a way to be empowered against you know tyranny in some way that makes sense to a point my biggest concern is people not having the skills they need at that point and injuring right well yeah i think that would it would also come with some kind of like you would need to be trained and yeah yeah. i like how canada does gun regulation it's not perfect but you have to demonstrate skill with a firearm in (laughs) and have two references to attest to the fact that you're not like gonna go out and shoot up a mall or something as soon as you get your license in order to get your permit and then um in order to get handguns it's a bit trickier and then you have to get a specific permit to transport them in addition so it's it's a lot of paperwork and they know exactly who owns legal handguns our biggest issue with handgun crime is with guns coming in illegally across the border from the u.s which no is another issue that happens (laughs) uh that happens in the opposite direction, or at least not the opposite, but to the other border a lot as well. Yeah. <laughs> illegal guns into Mexico, illegal drugs into the U.S. Yep. Well. Speak, yeah. Also want to legalize drugs. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Or at least decriminalize. Certainly. At the very least. And get everybody who's in jail on a drug sentence out, because yeah. that's just stupid. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't, don't criminalize addiction. Yeah, we've kind of devolved from the original questions, but it's yeah, it's been yeah. great chatting with you. Um, Definitely. Good catching up. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to do this. I really appreciate it. For sure. And stay safe. All right. I will. You too. You can find John Brennan on Instagram at T-R-E-E-E-S-G-R-A-M. That's Treesgram with three E's. 
Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. I'm still in quarantine and my only barefoot adventures today consisted of going to the apartment lobby to get my Uber delivery order. Hooray for Uber because I was out of milk. Let's jump into the barefoot news. Jamie Lynn Spears, younger sister to Britney Spears, shared an Instagram photo today of herself pumping gas barefoot. The caption read, pre-pandemic pic, casually getting gas without a mask or shoes. This is something I've done many times myself, and while some people in the comments found it gross, I think it's great to see so many celebrities lately normalize being without shoes. Police in Whitefish, Montana are searching for persons of interest involved in a shooting that led to a man ending up in North Valley Hospital with gunshot wounds in both of his feet. No charges have yet been filed, and the investigation is ongoing. If you have any information regarding this, you can send it via email to tips at flathead.mt.gov. That's all for today's show. I'll be back tomorrow with another interview, this time author and illustrator Mark Fearing. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot on Facebook as Sierra the Barefoot Girl, on Twitter at Sierra Barefoot, and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. All of my books are available on Amazon, and my comics are available on Instagram at World of Possums and Patreon.com slash Possum Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.